Welcome to the Ohio Ministry Network podcast. The following audio was recorded at the 2014 Forum. For more information, please visit ohioministry.net. All right, so Acts 13.36 says says this, and I I want you to track with me for a second, okay? David served God's purpose for him in his own generation. I mean, what a, what a, what a statement, what a, what, a, what a thing to have said at the end of your life, right? Uh, that, that you served, that Conan, that Justin, that, that, that Mark served God's purpose. And I've been absolutely obsessed. And I am trying to make everybody around me obsessed with this idea that at the end of my life, and that, that's really what it says, it, when, when David at the end of his life uh, fell asleep, he served God's purpose for him in his own generation. And uh, of course, we, we, we know David had his Goliath. And all of us have our Goliaths. But David's life wasn't so much uh, defined as one moment with a giant uh, that he faced, although he had to face that giant. But it was defined by seasons with God in which he fulfilled what God wanted him to do. When I go back and I read the stories of the life of David, I, I see different seasons, different predicaments, different leadership challenges, different circumstances that he found himself in. And yet in these seasons, in these circumstances, right, we see David uh, coming out on top and, and uh, serving God's purposes over and over again. So I want to talk to you just for a moment here about unfulfilled potential. Okay, unfulfilled potential. We got a, a passage we're reading here. It's out of Hebrews 5, starting in verse 11. And here's what it says. We have much to say about this. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make clear. Now, the, we have much to say about this that the, the writer is talking about here is the high priestly ministry of Jesus. He is talking about the high priestly ministry of Jesus. He has been talking about the high priestly ministry of, of Jesus here for about a chapter and a half. And, and he says, I have a lot more that I want to share with you. I got, I got a lot more. There, there, there's much more that I want to say about what I'm saying. And if I would tell you the more that I have to say, the more that I have to say would bring you into a greater level of breakthrough. So he says, we have much to say about this. I have a lot more to say than what I am presently sharing with you. And if you got what I had to say, it would, it would release in you a greater capacity to go to a new dimension in God. So he says, we have, we have much to say about this, but it is hard It is hard to make it clear to you. It's hard to make it clear because you no longer try to understand. We have much to say about this, but it's hard. Okay, all us pastors know the the pain of this. How many ever been in a circumstance before where where you've been sitting in the room and and you actually had the answers to the person's problem that you're talking to. And yet you knew that they could not get it. So you never even shared it with them. You never even said you knew that you had. I think Jesus kind of put it like this. Don't cast your pearls before Right. Right. There's there's this idea sometimes as 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 a leader 
that you can see things other people cannot see, but you know people, they're, they're presently at a place in their own heart where they're not ready to hear what you have to say. So instead of depositing what can bring that person breakthrough, what can bring that person into that, that, that next place in their, in their journey with God, you actually hold on because you know they're not even ready to hear. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Right? So here, here's what he says. He says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make clear because you no longer try to understand. In fact... In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers, and instead, you need somebody else, you need somebody else to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again, okay? You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature who have by constant use trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Okay? This passage, uh, of course, is, is all about people progressing in their walk with God. But this passage really is all about leadership, okay? And the indictment that was made was, was very, very simple, okay? By this time, you ought to be, okay? That, that was the indictment in, the, in this passage. By this time, you ought to be teachers. By this time, something that took place in, in, in your life, it should have looked a little bit different. Should have been a little bit more. What, what, what was accomplished in this season of your life should have been a, a little bit greater. Now, uh, the, the Greek word for here, or for time in this passage, is chronos. And that's interesting to me because it's not the more celebra- celebrated Kairos, okay? Kairos, of course, emphasizes the fact that it's a God moment, the fact that it's an opportune time, it's a, it's a God time. But Kronos, Kronos deals with the general unfolding of time. And the implication being that God has a plan for the general unfolding of time in every single person's life. Okay? It's not just this idea that it's a Kairos hour. It's not just this idea. And man, does the Kairos hour preach good when you're, you're standing up on Sunday morning and you're trying to get people to understand that there's an opportunity. Man, Kairos preaches good, right? But the idea is that there is an unfolding of time and God has a plan for the unfolding of time in each and every person's life. And if we don't steward the unfolding of time in each and every every person's life and in our lives to start with, we aren't going to see what God has assigned for us. We're not going to see what God has assigned for us. Okay. So, uh, regrettably what God had planned for that chronos or season of life, check this out, was left on the table. So what God had planned for that season of, 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 of these folks' lives, He says, by this time, you ought to have been teachers. You're not. It, it didn't unfold that way, 
But, but in the grace of God, you should have been. In the grace of God, you should have been. Okay? And so regrettably, what God planned for that chronos or season was left on the table. And the ministry, check this out, the ministry effectiveness in eternal fruit was also left on the table. Okay? He said, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Okay? What are teachers supposed to do? They are supposed to deposit the things of God in other people's lives. And so the indictment that was made was because as a, as a leader or as a potential leader, you did not grow the way that you were supposed to grow in this season. You did not have in you what you are meant to deposit in others. And other people now did not grow the way they were supposed to grow. I want you to think about that, the implications of that for just a moment, because sometimes as leaders, we take it lightly that we are to continue on in our relationship with God, that we are to grow in our relationship with God, and we are to grow in our capacity to minister to other people, right? But in, in, in this passage, it unfolds something very, very, uh, I think, important, that if we do not grow in the grace of God to do what He wants us to do in a season, other people will not grow. And each and every one of us have been there where we have got up, we've got up empty, where we, we haven't made wise decisions in our prayer life, in seeking God, in, in, in the way that we have run our lives, and then we have went to give out of what we did not have, and other people did not encounter God the way they were supposed to. And how many, how many have been there before? We knew we blew it. We knew we blew it. And when I started to, to read this passage a couple, couple months ago, God deeply, deeply convicted me that, that as a leader, as a teacher, that my walk with Him really was going to affect the walk of other people in a more profound way than I realized. And so I said, God, I want to I redouble my efforts to be in step with you, because if I'm in step with you, other people are going to be in step with you as well. And that is the, the, the uh, weight of being a leader. That's the weight of, of uh, carrying the mantle of leadership in the kingdom. Uh, that's, that's, that's why uh, the scripture says not many of you should desire to be Teachers. Not many of you should desire to be teachers. Uh, a lot of times we use that passage to define uh, our, our own our, our own life in terms of getting the flesh under control, in terms of you know not getting out of, out of step with our tongue and, and all these things. But it's also absolutely critical that we are growing because if we are not growing the way we are supposed to be, other people won't as well. So some points to ponder here about this passage. Number one, there was grace from God to go to the next level through instruction. Okay? There was grace available to go to the next level through the instruction that was given. Okay? He said, we have much to say about this. Okay? When he said we have much to say about this, he wasn't making an empty promise. Okay? Uh, the reason why I've drawn that conclusion is because this portion of instruction ended up as Scripture and it is bearing fruit in people's lives 2,000 years later. 
So what he said wasn't just an empty promise. He wasn't just saying, okay, you know, what I want to share about uh, is, is able to bring you into the next level. And, and that was just an empty promise. What he was saying literally 2,000 years later is still bearing fruit in people's lives. Okay. Unfortunately, though, these potential leaders were not sensitive to the instruction or direction that could have taken them to the next level. Now, I want you to ponder this for a second. There are things that God could say to you right now. There are things that God could say to you right now that could change everything. Heaven has answers to every single problem in this room. Heaven has answers to every single leadership issue you're facing. Heaven has answers to every single thing that is going on in your congregation. Heaven has answers for every single thing that is, that is happening in your community. Heaven has answers for every single lost person that's, that's living down the street uh, from, from the church that you pastor. Heaven has answers for every single thing that is going on. The harvest is plentiful. And if God can get a hold of the laborers, if God can get a hold of the laborers and deposit in them what is necessary, there are answers. Heaven is not short on answers for everything and for anything. However, when we are hard of hearing, okay, or consistently slow to change. We systematically attract less wisdom and revelation. Think about this. When we're hard of hearing, okay, or we are consistently hard-hearted and slow to change, we will systematically attract less wisdom and revelation. When, when, when Jesus wanted to talk to his disciples in the parable of the sower about this idea of understanding the things of God, he said something very, very unique to them. He says, to whoever has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance, right? But to whomever does not have, even what he has will be, it'll be taken away from them. And when you think about that, that, that is very, very scary. Jesus is talking about understanding. Jesus is talking about perceiving the things of God. And, the, and he says the person that has understanding of the things of God, the person that has understanding of the secrets of the kingdom, that person, when they have, if they have, more will be deposited into that person's life. And that person will have an abundance. That person will systematically attract more to them. Why? Because they have been a good steward over what I have placed in their life. But the person that only has a tiny bit, the person that only has a little bit, even what they have will be taken away. How many of you have seen that unfold in your own ministry? Right? When I get in the groove of hearing God 
it, it, it comes quick. It comes in clusters. When I get, when I get answers to, to problems, it comes in clusters. So, so God doesn't usually just send me one answer. I get four or five answers in short order very quickly about things that we are supposed to do. Okay? But when it, when it shuts down, uh, how many of you have been in this place before where, where there's no answers? And of course, we all know that sometimes we're waiting on God for answers. But I've seen it shut down in people's lives where they never have any answers. They go months and years and, and they go long periods of time without ever having any answer from God. And I would propose to you that it is not supposed to be that way. And yet, when our hearts are shut down to the leading of God, and we are not fresh and current in our relationship with God, it is an amazing thing how our capacity to receive answers to problems and answers from heaven, it's taken away. Okay? Second point to ponder here. The problem, the problem was in the area of effort or passion in regards to growth. Okay. Major problems in the area of effort or passion in regards to, to growth. He says, it's hard to make clear to you. Okay. It's very hard to make clear to you because you no longer try to understand. You are not putting forth the effort. You don't, you don't have the passion level to put forth the effort to try to understand. Okay. Leaders are always in need of answers. Okay. Leaders are always in need of answers. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, okay, it didn't just happen for him. Okay? Now we do think, okay, it happened uh, for him in a moment, but, but I want you to, to get something. He laid down and he went to sleep in, in, in a moment of vulnerability. How many know that you are vulnerable when you're sleeping? And God approached Solomon when he was most vulnerable and what, what was in his heart would truly come out. And when God showed up in the middle of Solomon's life while he was sleeping in the most vulnerable moment that you could get a person, he showed up and he said, Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? And Solomon said, God, if you could do anything for me, give me wisdom and give me understanding that I may know how to govern your people. They don't belong to me. They belong to you. Now that, that to me is an absolutely incredible thing. That God can show up in a person's life. A lot of times we think Solomon's encounter was during the daytime. Right? You can think about it for a couple of minutes. Man, what should I do? What should I do? No, Solomon was in a dream. He was in a dream. He was, he was in a moment where he did not have all, all his capacities. He didn't have his team to run back and, and say, hey, man, what, 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 what should we do? God's about to give us anything we want. Can we get a bigger building? Can we get, you know, more money? Can we have more prestige for our ministry? Can we have, you know, all these things? He was in a moment where it was him sleeping. God had visited him in his sleep. And God says, I'll do anything you want. He 
says, give me wisdom, give me understanding. I need to be able to make right decisions because I have to lead your people. Love this in in Proverbs 4, 7 that that Solomon wrote later. (laughs) The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. (laughs) The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Get it. And we, we live in a day and age with a thousand books where you have to have 20 steps uh, how to do this, 15 steps how to do this, 10, 10 ways to get this. And, 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 and Solomon just, just makes it real, real plain and, and real clear here. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Get it. Do whatever you have to do to get it. He's going to tell you in a moment. He's going to say, pray for it. He's going to say, search for it. Cry out. Do whatever you can do. Get desperate. Because you need wisdom. If I would say there's anything that is a shortage uh, in, in, a, in a leader's life, it's wisdom. I always need more wisdom than I have. I always need more wisdom than I have. And if you're going to go to the next level... It, it, it's going to be either God's, God's wisdom or God's revelation that's going to take you there. Exodus 33, Moses prayed this. This has been a, a prayer of mine for, for years and years now. Moses prayed, if I have found any favor with you. Now I want you to think about this. This is a man up to this point that has encountered God more than any single person when he prayed this has ever encountered God. He prayed this now. This is his seventh trip up the mountain. He's seen the glory of God, the power of God, the fire of God. He's led more people than anybody uh, that, is, that, that has ever been in the kingdom up to this point. He's seen God do more miracles, the, the plagues, the Red Sea is parted. I mean, this guy has had an extraordinary amount of favor deposited in his life. And now he comes to, to, to this point where, where he's going to pray and, and he wants to ask God for more. He wants to ask God for direction. And he starts off by saying this. He says, if I have found any favor, if I have up to this point, God found any favor with you, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways that I may continue to find favor. If I've found any favor up to this point, if I've found any favor from you up to this point, God, teach me your ways so that I may continue to find favor. What was he saying? He was saying in in no uncertain terms that I have come to this point. It's obvious that he had received some favor for God. But what he had up to that point was not going to take him where he needed to go. He needed to understand the ways of God in a deeper capacity. And he recognized that if he did not understand the ways of God in a deeper capacity, there was no way he was going to take God's people where they needed to go. And so he prayed, he cried out, he asked God. Number three, the the, the result of of the lack of passion or effort, the result was a lack of clarity. The result 
was a lack of clarity or understanding necessary to go to the next level. Okay, the result was a lack of clarity or understanding necessary to go to the next level. Again, he says, it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Now, I want you to catch this. Going to the next level is all about clarity. It is all about clarity. Clarity is power. Clarity is power. Okay? When we are, and we've all been at this place before, when we are pulled in a thousand different directions, we got a little bit of effort going this way, we got a little bit of effort going that way, we got some going this way over here, and we, we feel like we're, we're, we're going in so many different directions that we don't know what to do. The result, the result is always that we get bogged down. And every single time I'm in that place, and God brings me clarity, automatically the result is our whole team goes to another level. Not only do I go to another level, but everybody around me gets pulled up. Clarity is power. When, when we don't have clarity about what we're doing, what we're called to do, I'm not just talking about your, your mission statement. The mission statement's very important. The vision statement's very important. But we have to know as leaders, what are we supposed to be doing now? What is everybody supposed to be focusing on now? And, and here's what I found. I assume people know what we're supposed to be doing now. Then they don't do what we are supposed to be doing. And, and really, it's because I have, not, I have not communicated it. Even if we're supposed to be doing nothing. I love, love, love the story. Love the story of Moses. They got to, to the point where at the Red Sea, they don't, they don't know what to do. You know, there, there's no more answers left. And Moses, in what I believe was an incredible moment... Of, of leadership and clarity defined for people in a, in a very tough moment what they should do. He turns around and he says, stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord. Now imagine the chaos in people's hearts if he does not turn around and tell them something. The army of Pharaoh is bogging down on them. Uh, it's, a, it's a moment of incredible danger. And Moses doesn't have the answers, but he still needs to bring clarity because people have to be told something. And as leaders, we don't always have the best answers, but we do need to be able to impart clarity in the moment, believing God to give the next step. So he turns around and he says, stand still and you'll receive, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Clarity releases confidence. Clarity releases confidence. How many of us have been in this place where where we're waiting on God for so long, we don't know what we're supposed to do. And in a moment, we get a, we get a download from heaven. And this, this confidence surges in our own spirit. And just, just a moment before, we didn't even want to walk into a meeting with anybody. And, and now we can, we can walk into a meeting and we can speak with confidence. We can declare what God is doing. Right? Clarity brings confidence. Okay? But it's not automatic. 
It's not automatic, right? It takes time. It takes effort. We gotta, we gotta seek God. We have to, we have to cry out. We have to, we have to, to search. Jesus says it like this, seek and you will find. Okay? So number four. The journey to the next level is often reflected in a mature diet. Okay? The journey to the next level is often reflected in a mature diet. Here's what the, the, the writer declares. He says, you need, says, you need milk, not solid food. Solid food is for the mature. The indictment was, uh, you're, you're, you're not able to receive, again, what I wanted to give you because all you're able to do is drink a little bit of milk. Okay? If, if God is going to take us to a higher level, listen to this, oftentimes it will be reflected in a mature diet, meaning that we are, we are able to take in increasing measures of wisdom from God. We are able to apply them to our lives. Okay, what, 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 the, the word from, from God, the instruction from God, the wisdom of God that was enough in the last season isn't what you need in the next season. The thing that, that got the, the Israelites to this point wasn't the thing that was going to take them into the promised land. That's why Moses went back and he was crying out, God, if I found any favor with you, Teach me your ways so that I might continue to find favor. What was, what, was, what was the whole thing? The whole thing was, God, what you had spoken up to this point was good, but I need something different. I need something more. I need something deeper. And if you don't give it to me, I am not going to be able to move your people on from here. Number five. This, this is really the point here. This is really the point. Okay? Those who consistently go to the next level, and again, we're not saying ministry now is about just the big moments, but it's about fulfilling what God wants to do in your life in a season. And doing that consistently year in and year out. Those who consistently go to the next level have trained themselves. Okay? They have trained who come on they have trained themselves they have trained themselves okay leaders take responsibility to train themselves okay? of course we know in, in ephesians it talks about the fivefold ministry and, and and god's leaders are given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry right but leaders Leaders are given the task not only of training other people, but they are given the task of training themselves. And if they cannot train themselves on a consistent basis, if they can't feed themselves, I, I, I get tired every once in a while of, of, of leaders coming to me and, and talking about how, you know, they don't have the tools, they don't have what it takes. Listen, man, it is 2014. We have the Internet. I mean, there are things out there. There, 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 there is information. There, there, is, there is an ability now. There are more resources, more tools to put in your hand. There is more preaching. There is more teaching. There is more leadership training. There, there is more ways to feed yourself than there has ever been in the history of mankind. 
And leaders need to take responsibility to train themselves. Doesn't mean that we don't need fellowship. Doesn't mean that we don't need to gather together with other leaders. Doesn't mean that we don't need somebody to pour into our own lives. But at the end of the day, we need to find a way. We need to find a way to train ourselves. And if we do not consistently take responsibility for training ourselves, we will not consistently go to the next level. We won't do it. Okay? So he says something here. It says, leaders have trained themselves to distinguish. Leaders have trained themselves to distinguish. Okay, the Greek word for distinguish uh, is diachrisis, which means to pass a sentence or a judgment. Okay, means to, to pass a sentence or a judgment. Now, I want you to, to, to think about this just for a moment. People that rise in any given field have increasingly learned to make distinctions. Okay, what's what's the difference between a you know a heart surgeon and you know an ear, nose, and throat? Well, the, the guy that's that's operating on your heart hopefully has a greater capacity to make distinctions so that he can go to the next level. You know, when I was uh, when I was a young man, I worked as a, an electrical helper. What was the difference between uh, you know me and and the the electrician that was with me? What was the difference between the electrician that was with me and the journeyman or the or the foreman that was with him? The the ability to make distinctions, the ability to make discernments, the ability to make judgments, okay? And and as leaders, when it comes time to going to the next level, there will be distinctions that have to be made between what is and what is going to be. And increasingly, we have to train ourselves to make those distinctions, okay? We got to grow in the the capacity to do that. We have to be able to to grow in the wisdom to be able to do that. We have to grow uh, as, as, as men and women of God in this Ability, okay. Um, leadership is influence, and and we know, of course, the teachings of John Maxwell. Okay, leadership is influence, but it's also judgment. It's also judgment. Okay, it's not. It's it, it's not just influencing people. Uh, we first have to have. Uh, distinctions. We, we first have to be able to distinguish between good and evil, good and God, right? We got to be able to make di- distinctions. Okay. So I want you to flip over your page real quick with me. And uh, I, I want you to just make this little chart as we get ready to, to close out here. So you draw, draw one arrow going up the, the side, one, one arrow going down the bottom. And uh, just want, want you to, to um, write passion on the bottom, write clarity on the top. I did have a whiteboard, but they, they took it from me. Somebody came in here right before it started. <laughs> so write it, make, make an arrow. Then give me t- ten little lines going down each side. One to ten. Okay. Leaders need clarity. Leaders need clarity. Okay, without clarity, they can't they can't operate in confidence. 
Okay? And, and leaders need to be passionate. Nobody wants to, listen to me, nobody wants to follow a leader that has no passion. Nobody wants to follow, follow a leader. Now, remember the original indictment. The original indictment that was made is by this time you ought to be. Okay? With, with the amount of time that has expired on God's calendar, you, you should have been operating in this, but instead you are operating in this. Okay? What was the major problem? The major problem was in, in, in two areas. Okay? The first one was in passion. Okay? They, they, they no longer tried, so they didn't have the passion level necessary to propel them forward. What was the result of not having passion? The result of not having passion was that they didn't have the clarity necessary. It says if you would have had the passion to put in the effort, you would have had the clarity in order to, to go to the next level. So when the passion wanes, the pursuit of the answers is not there. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. If we're not seeking and we're not asking, if we're not, if we're not striving to understand the will of God and to have the answers of God, how can we expect to have them? So we got to seek God and we have to seek answers. Okay? So I, I want you to, to, to right now, just, just put down... Uh, what your level of passion? Rate it, rate it at, at, at a one to ten. Okay. And I'm just going to say, j- j- just for the sake of this, I'm going to say uh, mine is not at a five, uh, but but I'm going to say it's at a five. Let's say you're operating at a at a level five passion. Let, let, let's also say now that that has, that has produced something. Because you're operating at a, at a level 5 passion, we'll just say that you have a level, level 5 clarity. Okay? So you've got, you got a level 5 passion and you have a level 5 clarity. Alright? This, this right here is what you are operating in. And all of this, all of this up here is unfulfilled potential. All of that is unfulfilled potential. So the idea, as we get ready to close here, the idea is that as leaders, we train ourselves. We train ourselves. It's not about just, just the next book. It's not about finding the next thing. It's about living a life where we consistently train ourselves to get the answers that God has for our ministry. And that's really what this is about. It's not about, okay, what, what can I do to get to the next level? This is the next level. It, it, it's about consistently, year in, year out, having, having passion, having passion, having, having, having a heart that is following hard after God, seeking answers. And, and when we seek those answers, I believe God wants to give them. How many believe God wants to give them to us? Right? So, so let's, let's close out today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We love you so much, oh God.
And we thank You today, Heavenly Father God, for everything that You desire to do in our lives. Lord, we thank You, Heavenly Father God, that You have a plan and You have a purpose for our ministry, God. We thank You, Lord, that David gave us an example, that he served God's purpose uh, in his own generation. And Lord, we can do the same. Lord, would You lift each and every one of us up? Would You help us? Would You help us to train ourselves? Would You help us to live with passion? Would You help us to live, Heavenly Father God, with, 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 a, with a zeal for You and for changed lives? Would you help us, Heavenly Father God, to maintain the discipline necessary, God, for the long haul? Would you help us, Heavenly Father God, to have the clarity necessary, Heavenly Father God, to go to the next level? And I pray for each and every person today, God, would would, would you give us passion? Would you give us passion? But God, I pray for each and every person, would you give us clarity? God, there, there are answers right now that we are seeking. Lord, would you release them from heaven? God, there are answers that we need. There's wisdom that we need. Would you release it from heaven? There's understanding that we need. God, would you give us understanding? Lord God, we need you. We cry out for it, Heavenly Father God. We're not ashamed to, to, to say we need you to speak. We need you to guide. We need you to lead. We are dependent upon you, Lord. Have your way in our lives and in our ministries. In Jesus' name.